Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. The name that truly is above every name. Every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess to the Lordship of Jesus. Lord, tonight we humble ourselves in your mighty hand. And we ask that the Holy Spirit of living God would show up in a mighty way. Lord, I thank you. Lord, that you speak through my thoughts, speak through my lips, exactly what it is that you want this people to have this night. Lord, we'll be careful to give you all of the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, do what you do best, and that's move in the supernatural. Have your way in our hearts and our lives. Our ears are open. Our hearts are receptive. And we'll not be hearers only, but we will be doers of the Word of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Pastor, thank you for giving us the opportunity to minister and to share. Uh, we don't take this lightly. And... Uh, how many of you know that uh, this assignment that our pastor has, the anointing that he has on his life, carries over into our lives? We fall underneath the same anointing that he has on his life, and he's been increasing. They've both been increasing on a regular basis, and it's just a, it's amazing to me, you know, to, to see how God is continuing to do marvelous and wonderful things. And listen, the best is still yet to come. Amen. I agree wholeheartedly with our pastor when he said it's going to be hard for you not to be healed. To come into this house and not be healed. I mean totally healed. How many of you know that Jesus, he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him, but God's with us. Amen. Greater is he that's in us than he that is in this world. We have every right to walk in the newness of life. Every right. We have a covenant. I don't know how many of you remember, or if you, maybe you didn't know, but uh, I was diagnosed with uh, esophageal uh, cancer back in uh, July, I believe it was, of last year. July of last year. And uh, so we did all of the things that they asked us to do. We took chemo. We did radiation, did all of the things that they told us to do. And, and uh, uh, the, they did another examination of us, and they found out that there was nothing there. They couldn't find anything, you know, there. And so uh, I've been on a schedule. They say, we're, we're going to watch you closely. And I said, that's fine, go ahead, watch me closely, just go ahead and document everything down and everything else. So I had to go last, this past, uh, was it this past month? I don't even remember the date now. Uh, but anyway, I had to go again. They did a, a CAT scan on me um, when they put stuff in your veins this time, put stuff in my veins to, to check everything, did the CAT scan. Then they did another endoscopy going down my my throat and everything else, did a biopsy while they were down there, uh, and so forth. And so I got the report the other day, uh, 
And uh, the doctor said uh, to me, he said, uh, there's no cancer. There's nothing there. We can't find anything, but we're going to keep watching. I said, you can keep watching all you want, but uh, greater is the one that is in us than he that's in the world. Amen. But I want you to know if, if God can do that for me, he can do that for anybody. Anybody. If you dare to believe and trust in the Lord with all of your heart, he can do that. He will do that. Matter of fact, he's already done that. All we have to do is accept that into our life and allow it to come to pass. Amen. Uh, Pastor almost took my message on Sunday morning. And uh, I I was telling him, uh, we were in the back. I got a revelation of the same thing that he got a revelation. I got it just a couple of days ago uh, before, I'm sure before he got it. But I, I thought that was... I, I thought he got it before I did, I believe. But that, that doesn't make any difference. What, what is important is the fact that we're in tune, we're in sync with what's going on. The Spirit of God is moving. Can, can you sense that? Can you feel that? Don't you want that to, to magnify itself even more and more uh, as the time approaches? We're in the last of the last days, so we, we've got to get prepared for this Uh, that God has in store for us, but it all comes with a hunger. A great depth of hunger needs to take place in the body of Christ. Now, the body of Christ has strayed in many ways away from the faith of uh, of the things that God has laid out for us. Not intentionally, but over time, things just kind of wear down and wear people down. The devil knows how... He's, he's, he's patient. He's probably more patient than you are. Because he just keeps on. You know why he keeps on doing the same things? Because they keep still working. People st- still keep falling for it. And he wants us to rise above that. We're the body of Christ. We're the army of God. We're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Earth is not our home. We have a new heavens and a new earth that we're going to hook up and join with him. But before we do that, we're going to join and hook up with him for a thousand years right here. And we're going to rule and we're going to reign. But we're supposed to be ruling and reigning now. I believe he gave us the keys of the kingdom of heaven, if I'm not mistaken. The church. And the church has the right to move in everything that Adam lost in the garden. We have the right to go back and receive what is rightfully ours. Amen. We have the right for healing in our bodies. We have right for restoration in our soul. We have the right to understand and to know that Jesus Christ has fulfilled and satisfied the gavel of justice of heaven. Amen. We have that right. And we need to take that stand. We're big on rights here in the country. So we might as well be big on rights as far as what the Word of God says. How many of you know that this takes precedence over everything else? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you now. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do something tonight. We're going to continue on the, on the word hunger. Hunger. The title of my message tonight is, Come and Dine. Come and Dine. Come and Dine. The Master calleth. 
Come and dine. It's time to feast on the promises and the provisions that the Lord has. But before we get uh, into the message that I have and everything else, I want to give you something that the Lord gave me concerning hunger. The depth of my hunger is going to determine the magnitude, the magnitude of my revelation. The depth of my hunger is going to determine the magnitude of my revelation. I'm going to say it one more time. The depth of my hunger, not of the church's hunger, the depth of my hunger is going to determine the magnitude of my revelation. How many of you know that Paul, the apostle, when you look at his life, he was a very studious man to start with, set underneath the best teacher of the time, Gamaliel, and he learned at his feet. And how many of you know that he was a good student? He was a good student of the law. He functioned, he operated, and he fulfilled. So much so that he was so dedicated to it that when Jesus Christ came on the scene, he just didn't get the revelation concerning this man Jesus. He just thought he was a thorn in the side to God himself. And so he took it up on himself to attack the church. And he had many slaughtered for God, for his religious upbringing. And how many of you know that one day on the road to Damascus, something happened to him? Something changed his life. It's no different than you and I. Whenever you can, listen, you cannot come in contact with Jesus and not know it. You just can't. And no man comes to the Father except the Spirit draw him. So he was being drawn. His burden of beast that had him, you know, I mean, he knocked him off his burden of beast. And the people that were around him heard what was being said, but didn't understand what was being said. But he did. He said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And then he made this statement, Lord, what would you have me to do? Isn't it amazing that a sinner, a religious man, knew the voice of the Lord? And he responded accordingly. How many of you know he was a candidate? But if you go and, if you, go and you, you read his life, uh, he would never be accepted in a local church of today because he would clean house. He would clean house. I mean, you're talking about revival. He would have a back door revival before he had a front door revival. And I remember back in my younger days when I first started preaching when I was 30 years of age and and uh, I started preaching. I had backdoor revival. I mean, I, I ran everything off that could be run off. 
I wasn't really trying to. It was just the message that we were preaching and everything else. It was the word of faith. But at the same time, you know, there's a right way to live. There's a right way to, uh, to serve the Lord. There's a right way to act in the house of God. And there's a wrong way. And there's a right way to come to church. There's a right way to leave the church. Thank you. I, you know, not getting very many amens. But nonetheless, it's true. Turn with me in the book of Daniel, if you would, please. Daniel chapter number 12. I want to start there. Daniel chapter 12. Just one verse of Scripture. Verse 4. It says, but thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end, even until the time of the end. The book had been shut up. How many of you know at the end of Malachi, the book of Malachi, there was approximately 400 years span where man didn't hear anything from God. The high priest, the leaders of the day, didn't hear anything from God. But when this Messiah comes on the scene, the book that Daniel shut up got opened. And this book, you and I have the opportunity to read it. Be thankful that you live in a country where you can just go anywhere and you can get a Bible, any kind of a Bible you want, watch any kind of program you want, go to any kind of teaching you want to go to, go to any kind of a church you want to go to. You're, you're really, truly blessed. We are such a blessed people. He said, he said seal the book, even the time until... Uh, even to the time of the end. Well, we're at the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. That is not just spiritual knowledge, that's natural knowledge. How many of you have a computer that's uh, four, four months old? It's only four months old. You've had it for about four months. It's relatively new. Well, I'm telling you right now, it's ancient. Knowledge is so fast and is changing so rapidly that if you've got a computer that's four months old, I'm not telling you to go sell it and do away with it and go buy another one. But knowledge is increasing, but it's not just increasing in the spiritual. It's increasing in the natural. You can see it happening everywhere that you and I are going right now. You can see it happening. But it's also happening at a precedented speed in the house of God. And the reason that it is, is because Jesus is coming. He's coming. And we need to be prepared and ready. And how deep you have a hunger for that soon appearing of the Lord is going to determine the revelation that you have concerning that event that's about to transpire and take place. 
The devil is working his best to deceive as many as he can, even God's elect, if possible, to keep them out of that which is about to show forth. The devil is trying to do his greatest work right now because he knows his time has been numbered. His days are short. And our redemption, eternal redemption, being caught up in the air is at hand. Jesus is soon to return. Amen. Go with me, if you would, please, to the book of Isaiah. These are not on the sheet back there. Isaiah chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. Isaiah He said, Come now. He said, Let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But, everybody say, but. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with a sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Now that seems really negative at the end. But the truth of the matter is, Jesus came and fulfilled those words. He fulfilled the law and the prophet. He took everything upon Himself so that you and I could enjoy the fullness of the blessings of the Lord. If you and I are not enjoying the privilege of everything that the Lord has for us, it's not the church's fault. It is not the pastor's fault. It is our fault individually because depending on how deep our hunger is is going to determine how far we go and the church the church can only go as far as you will allow the church to go the pastor can stand up here and preach until he is absolutely blue in the face but if you don't receive it and activate it in your life then the church will only stay at a certain level. But that's not the level that this church is going to be in. You're hungry. You're hungry. There's a, there is a spirit of hunger that's, that's on this house. There is a spirit of, of movement that is taking place here. And listen, you've got to get ready for this because God is about to do some awesome, wonderful, marvelous things. Our apostle declared it. He decreed it. The hand of God is still outstended. He hasn't withdrawn His hand. It's still outstended. Amen. We are going to the maximum. The highest level obtainable. But it takes a hunger in your heart to want to get there. And that's for everybody. Go to John if you would please. 
I want to set this up. John's gospel. Let me set this up for you. Jesus has been raised from the dead. This is in the 21st chapter. In verse number 12 is what I want you to see. But Jesus, he's already appeared twice in the previous chapter. And this is his third time after the resurrection. Jesus is standing on the shore. And his disciples are out there. And Peter and John and many of the other disciples. Peter said, I'm going to go out and fish. I'm going to go fishing. And so they said, we'll go with you too. So they all went out fishing and they fished all night. They come in towards the shore. They've caught absolutely nothing. Zero. And Jesus is on the shore. And he's already cooking fish. They don't recognize him as Jesus. Immediately. And everything, but... He's cooking, and he calls out to him. He says, have you guys caught anything? They said, no, we've not caught anything. He said, well, take your nets and cast them over on the right side. So they cast their net on the right side, and they caught a great amount of fish, so much so that Two of the other disciples saw what was going on and they got in the boat and they came out to assist and to help to bring the fish in. And while they're bringing the fish in, Jesus says in verse number 12, he said, come and dine. Now I know this is a natural thing. This is a physical thing that he's asking. So they all come, he said, and bring some of your fish that you've just caught. They caught 153, but the nets didn't break. They hauled them in, and they took the fish over to where Jesus was at, and they dined. They enjoyed a time of feasting upon natural food. Now, how many of you know that that word come and dine is more than just natural food. The Lord wants you to enjoy the natural food, but He wants you to really enjoy the spiritual food so that you can have your thirst fulfilled and satisfied in the natural and satisfied in the supernatural. Now, I just have a feeling, it doesn't say it here, but I think they probably, after after they got around the the table, so to speak, or around the, the cloth or whatever that was on the ground, and they sat down to eat, I'm sure they started talking to the master. I'm sure they started picking his brain. What is going on? What has happened? And Jesus revealed himself to them. There's no question in my heart and my mind that he revealed him. He didn't call them just to eat. 
in the natural, he called them to come and dine with him, to sit with him, and to learn of him. Just like you and I. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6. Pastor quoted this Sunday. He said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst, empowered to prosper so that you can be filled in your life. And then in Luke 6, in verse 21, this was the revelation the pastor got and that I got. He said, blessed are ye that hunger now. How many of you know that the best time is right now? While you're here right now, get everything that you can get because what God wants to do, if you draw on the anointing, of God that is on the inside of me, it'll pull, it'll pull out what it is that God wants us to have. And what He wants it to minister to you and what He wants it to minister to me. He said, Blessed are you that hunger now, for you shall be filled. Not maybe you'll be filled. I hope you'll be filled. It says you shall be filled. How many of you remember He said, Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He didn't say, I hope they recover. Maybe they'll recover. If you do 14 push-ups, they'll happen, and so on and so on and so on. He said, lay hands. your job was to lay hands on the sick. He didn't say lay hands on the sick and pray. He said lay hands on the sick. Some people feel like they have to pray if they lay our hands. Listen, greater is he that's in you. How many of you know the power of contact has an anointing with it? You can either pass on demonic activity or you can pass on the glory of God. And in your case, you're going to pass on the glory of God. Amen? You can walk by somebody and just put their hand on their shoulder. You don't have to say a word to them. You see a need, unless the Lord tells you, pray for them. Just do what the Bible says. It's so simple. Just do what it says. Amen? We get in this religious rut thinking we have to say, Oh, Lord God in heaven, move. He's already moving. He moved over 2,000 years ago. What do you want the man to do? He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and he is making intercession for you and I. And I believe in his intercession is, Lord, please let him get it. Let him get it. I've already done everything that's necessary. What more can I do? I gave my life. I gave everything. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. says, He made him to be sin, who knew no sin, that you and I might be made the righteousness of God in Him. It's an established fact. He's already done it. He's not doing it again. He's not spilling his blood again. What he did once was satisfied by the gavel of justice of heaven. When Jesus put his blood upon the mercy seat, it was finished. It was done. It was completed for you and I. Well, I'm still sick. No, you're not. Quit saying that. 
Stop saying it. You keep yourself in bondage by your words. Words are containers. Words are containers. You're not sick. You're the well. Well, I'm weak. No, you're not. He said, let the weak say I'm strong. That's what the Word says. And that's what we should be saying. Well, pastor, don't pick on my words. I'm just having a difficult time. Stop saying that. As long as you're saying you're having a difficult time, you're going to have a difficult time. Say, I'm not having a difficult time. I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do this. I can do that. I can have this. This is mine. It's my covenant right. Whenever they gave me that diagnosis, that was the very thing I kept saying over and over and over. I have a covenant. I have a covenant in the blood of the Lamb. This doesn't belong to me. I don't accept this. This is not going to be this. I'm not going to stay this way. Because God's going to supernaturally intervene. I don't care how it got there. I don't, or anything else. The fact of the matter is, is Jesus took care of it. Amen? Praise God. Go to Psalms 84, if you would, please. Psalms 84. Verse number 2. He said, my, long, my, my soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. That's hunger. That's hunger. He said, my soul, my soul thirsteth or fainteth. He said, my soul longeth, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Are you crying out? Well, we got quiet. Let's don't get quiet. You and I have the greatest opportunity Psalm 34 and 8. We're on a journey here. And we're going to get there. I'm determined. I'm going to get there. My pastor says he's going for the best that he can get. He's, he's going for everything. Well, I think we ought to hook up with our pastor. And go for everything that God's got. Not just because he said it. Not because he's going to do it. But because I want to do it. I want to get there. I want to see it. I want to see whenever I lay hands on people. I want to see them recover. I want to see the fruit of the the labors of, of me putting my hands on people. If there's devils, I want to see the devils come out. I've seen devils come out. Amen. I remember when we were in the Philippines and... Uh, we had a ministry there, me and another pastor, and and uh, we would have pastors' conference during the daytime, and then in the evening time we would have open air crusades, and they would come by the thousands, just by the thousands, 
to hear the Word of God. You, you, you just have no idea how blessed you are. Unless you've been overseas, you just, you just don't know how blessed you are. They don't have what you have. And there was one man, nobody touched him. He was just, they were, they don't have seats. So they just are sitting on the ground. Just as far as your eye would see, hanging out of buildings. Watching and listening. And there was a man that was about three rows back. He was a blind man. You could tell that he had probably been blind from birth. He was probably in his late 40s, early 50s. And his eyes were totally white. He had no pupil, had no color to his eyes. He had no lenses to put on. Didn't have money for that. But he came and he was up they're on the, about the third or fourth row. And I'm standing there. I'm just looking at him. All of a sudden, people start yelling, start screaming and pointing, pointing at the man. And so I look down at him and everybody else on the platform is looking down at him. Nobody's laying hands on him or anything else. All of a sudden, this man in his language was saying, and then they repeated it to us. He said, I can see, I can see, I can see, I can see. And we watched him. And we saw a pupil come into his eye. We saw the color come into his eye. And everything else, nobody touched him. There was an anointing there. There was an expectancy there. There, there, was, there was what we need to see in the house of God. People coming with such a hunger. Lord, I don't want to leave this life and not see the greatness and the goodness of Almighty God. And the reason that they see it overseas and so much and you hear about it is because they don't have what you have. You're in a nice air-conditioned room right here. We were outside in the hot and the heat. And yet they came by the thousands. And all kinds of miracles took place and nobody touched most of them. Thousands got born again. It was amazing. I was amazed. Whenever I went back to get on the plane to fly back to the United States, as, as far as our vehicle traveled, there were people on the side of the road with signs saying, please stay and teach. Please stay, teach. Don't go. I got out of the vehicle. I was crying. I couldn't see where I was hardly going because of the tears that were streaming down my face. People were grabbing hold of my legs trying to hang on to me, looking up at me, tears streaming down their face, saying, please stay, teach, pastor. Please stay, teach. Don't go. But I had to go. That's hunger. That's hunger. I got on the plane. I think I cried all the way to meet Diane in Hawaii. 
And while we were in Hawaii, I told her the stories of the things that we saw and the people, the hunger that was there. I go back to my church, and when I get back, while I was gone, nobody mowed the lawn. Nobody. I got so ticked, so mad. I stood up behind the pulpit, and I didn't scold them for not mowing the lawn. But what I said was, I'm back for one reason, to get your money so I can go back to the Philippines. Because they're hungry there. They're hungry there. You're not hungry. Because if you were hungry, you would take care of the house of God. You would love your brother and sister. You wouldn't have isms and chisms and divisions in the church. And they listened. Some of them grunted. Some of them got mad. I didn't care. I didn't. But we're hungry, right? We're hungry. That's not our problem. That was a problem during that day, but that wasn't, that's not our problem. We have a hunger here. We have a thirst here. I'm just saying it to you so that you don't let it subside. Don't let it subside from your life. Stay hooked up. Stay charged up. Stay encouraged in the Lord. Build yourself on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost all the time. Get in the Word. Stay in the Word. Visit uh, the Lord on a regular basis. Make a time for Him so that you can build yourself up. Did I do Psalm 34, 8? He said, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in Him. Oh, taste and see. Taste and see. How many of you know the Word is good? Psalm 119, verse 103. Verse 119, 103. He said, How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. How sweet is the word of God to you. Then there's two examples I want to give you before we end this. Remember the depth of my hunger is going to determine the magnitude of my revelation. How far I'm going to go with this. I'm in it hook, line, and sinker. I can't turn back now. I don't want to turn back now. Oh, I'm not perfect. I still make mistakes, but thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for His mercy that endures forever. Thank God. There's none righteous, right? 
No, not one. There's, there's not anybody in here other than the righteousness of the Lord in Christ Jesus. If it wasn't for Him, you wouldn't be righteous. Amen. We still make mistakes. Anybody in here not make mistakes? Then you should be up here preaching, not me. No, we, we still all make mistakes. And, and what is this with us faith people? We, we think that, you know, that we think that if somebody gets sick, they're not in faith. Where do we get that? Where does it say that in the Bible? Whenever you received the Lord, you received everything that you needed. When you received the Holy Spirit, the revealer of the truth, you received everything that you needed. He didn't just come in with a foot. He walked into your life because you invited Him in your life. You've not arrived yet. I've not arrived yet. But there is no big eyes and little U's in the kingdom of God. And there shouldn't be in the church. The man that comes and stands behind the pulpit has an assignment and an anointing and a mantle upon his life to do what it is that God has called him to do. He's got a vision for the house and he's taking us. We're hooking up with a vision. The vision of the house so that we can help to fulfill the mandate that God has placed upon our apostle and our pastor. So we should keep their hands lifted up all the time. We shouldn't say one bad word. Not one negative word. Diane and I leave this service every Sunday. Never goes by and we say, how can it get any better? The word was so rich and so good. Dr. Savell comes in and just adds, a bit, adds another big dose to it. And you're so blessed and I'm so blessed because we got an apostle. We've got a prophet. And we've got a pastor. We've got other teachers. We've got other ministers in the house of God. We are so blessed. John's Gospel, chapter number 4. These are all familiar to you. Starting at verse number 5. My daughter was so nice, she wrote all this out for me, typed it all up. Or she didn't type it all up. She knows how to do the... Anyway. She knows how to do what I don't know how to do. It says, And then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, he sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria, a half-breed, to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a, a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, and wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. 
The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, now here's her hunger. She's listening to everything he has to say knowing that he's not even supposed to be talking to her. She's a half-breed, half-Jew, half-Gentile. And she says, after listening to what he has to say, notice that she listened, she paid attention to what he was saying. My question to you and I is, are we paying attention to what the man of God or the woman of God is saying to us? Are we paying attention to the music and the words? Are we just singing? Are we making melody in our hearts to the Lord and magnifying Him? See, there's praise, there's worship, and then there's adoration. When you step into adoration, you step into a completely different dimension. People of, abs- you don't even know people are around you. You're in a different, different vein, a different dimension. We've, we're going up higher. We're headed that direction. We're going to get there and we're going to step into it. And listen, when we step into it, the Holy Spirit of God is such a gentleman. He will not move until we get in a place, in a position where he is feeling that he is welcome. When he feels he is welcome, he will do everything that your heart desires. There won't be one sick one in the house. Not one. Jesus went on numerous places and it says, and he healed them all. Catherine Kuhlman's greatest desire in her ministry. They couldn't get her out of prayer. She, just, she would just stay in prayer. They, she wouldn't even eat. Her greatest desire was that she would go to a meeting and everybody would be healed. Because in Jesus' ministry, everybody would get healed. There's only one place that's recorded where they didn't. That was in his own hometown. Everywhere else he went. And listen, you have that same anointing. How many of you have the Holy Spirit? How many of you know you have His anointing? Amen? So if you have His anointing, you have His miracles. You have His signs. You have His wonders. Amen? How many of you remember? You know, sometimes we say, well, you know, it's, it's, it's just the Lord doing it. Oh, come on, I know it's the Lord doing it, but He's using you. He's using you. You're not going to take credit, right? Peter and John said, such as we have, 
such as we have. You can't say that unless you know you got it. Such as we have. He said, give I thee. I'm giving this to you. You've got the anointing. Oh, let me break a little religious tradition. Let me break just a little bit of religious tradition. We, we do this, we do this here. And I'm not saying it's wrong. But what I am saying, and, and I know it's just a way that has been implemented, we bring people down for prayer. We bring them down here. And we lay hands on them down here, Right? I'm talking about an anointing that a man walks down the middle of an aisle and he walks down the aisle and people on every aisle get healed. It happened, it happened with the disciples. Amen? He went walking down the aisle and everybody was getting healed and delivered and set free just at his shadow passing by. The anointing. The Holy Spirit. Let's don't put any restrictions on how He does it. Who cares how He does it? Just do it. Just do it. Cause those blind eyes to open. If you want to use hands laid on them, good. But it doesn't have to be that way. We can pull off the limits and leave them off and press in and get what it is that everybody is needing in this house. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water. Give me this water. Now she's a half-breed. She's not supposed to be getting this. But Jesus just can't help himself. He sees the hunger. He sees the thirst. And he just can't help himself. He said that, I'm, that, that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, he said, go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. I guess so. He read her mail. Our, our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. He said, but the hour cometh and now is. 
The hour cometh and now is. When the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeks such to worship Him. God is the Spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. She got what she needed because she was hungry. That's the, that's the whole point of the story. She came to the well to get water. She wasn't looking for a conversation with Jesus. Jesus opened up the conversation and revealed to her the truth. But he says, it's now, right now. He said, I'll give you to you right now. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. Go with me to Luke chapter 19. I've got to move along here. Stay with me. This is my favorite one. Remember, the depth of your hunger is going to determine the magnitude of your revelation. Man, I want a lot more revelation. You know, I pastored for 41 years, and, but, you know, I've been born again for 55 years. 55 years. 50 of that was with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And man, I have seen a lot of things. Pastoring for 41 years, you, you see a lot of things. And I want you to know that I'm just getting started. <laughs> what little bit I know, there's a whole lot more. And I want all that I can get before my, my time comes up. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. It says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. Now, how many of you know there's nothing wrong with being rich? It depends on whether the rich has you or you have the rich. He said, And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. And he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus. He sought to see Jesus, who he was. In other words, he hasn't met Jesus before. But he's heard about him. He's heard a lot of things, obviously, about him. So much so that he wanted to find out. And so there was a hunger in him to find out about this man called Jesus of Nazareth. He's doing miracles and signs and wonders. His teaching is beyond man's uh, capacity to fully understand. He is so far ahead of everybody else. And yet, he wanted to see this man. And could not for the press because he was of little stature. And he ran. And he ran. That's hunger. Man, you, you, you want something bad enough. You'll go get it. Right. 
I never will forget. I don't know if any of you know who Bum Phillips is, but Bum Phillips ended up being an NFL football coach. And his son, Wade Phillips, was the Dallas Cowboys coach. Uh, Wade and I were good friends and went to school together, played football together. And his dad was our coach when I went up to senior high. And I never forget, Bum would come in uh, to the locker room with us boys and he'd say, there's no losers in this room, only winners. No losers, only winners. We don't train losers, we train winners. How many winners do I have in this room? I was talking about the room of where I was as a football player. But that's all right. How many winners do we have? Well, that's, that's what I see about Zacchaeus. Man, this guy, it's obvious he knew how to operate in the natural world, but he didn't do it legally. But nonetheless, he was blessed. But he found somebody that had something that he wanted to find out about. And so he made an extra effort. He says, and he ran before and he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him and he said unto him, Zacchaeus, Come out of that tree. Because today we're going to come to your house and we're going to dine. Number one, Zacchaeus is getting his dream fulfilled because now he's finding out who he is. How many of you know how important it is to call people by their first name? It makes people feel good when you know their name. Amen? Amen. Makes them feel good. I can just see Zacchaeus now. He's up in that tree. All by him little lonesome. He climbed up there. He made the effort. I don't know what kind of struggle he had getting up that sycamore tree. But being a guy of little stature, it might have taken him just a little while to get up there. But when he got up there, he was looking. He was looking for Jesus, and Jesus comes passing right by him. And Jesus looks up. I wonder how Jesus knew he was in the tree. Because God revealed it to him. I wonder how he knew his name. God revealed it to him. He called him by name. He says, we're going to go to your house. And listen to this. He goes on and it says, And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and he saw him and he said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste. Well, the guy's been making haste. He's probably out of breath. <laughs> make haste and come down. For today I must abide at thy house. He and Jesus invited himself. He invited himself. And you know what? Zacchaeus didn't say, no, just wait a minute. 
I've come to see you, not you to come see my house. I've come to see you. Jesus says, no, that's not good enough. I want to come to your house. And he made haste, hunger. He made haste and he came down and he received him joyfully. I don't know if he embraced him. I don't know what he did, but he was really excited. Because Jesus, number one, knew him by name. Jesus, number two, saw where he was at. Number three, he responded to him. He responded to his request. He said, and when he saw it, they all murmured. All, all the disciples and everybody else around him, they murmured. They murmured. They murmured saying that he was gone to a guest with a man that is a sinner. Jesus is going to go have a meal with a sinner. Come on, faith people. There are sinners out there, and they need, to, they need to hear from you. They need to feel the love of God. They need to feel that they are accepted, that they are loved, they are appreciated. Amen. If we don't make them feel that way, then guess what? They're not going to have anything to do with you. Amen? I mean, this, he's coming to Zacchaeus' house. I mean, I don't know what his house was like. I bet it was a beautiful place, but I don't know what kind of order it was in. I don't know if he had time to tell his servants and everybody else to get things prepared and everything because uh, a man by the name of Jesus of Nazareth is coming to the house, the miracle worker. We need to have the best set out for him, the best china, the best food. I don't know if he was prepared or not. It didn't make any difference to Jesus. He just wanted to come spend time with a sinner and expose him to who he was. But the others, they murmured. You ever left the church murmuring? Nah, not you. Not you. And Zacchaeus, he stood and he said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods. He said, the half of my goods. He says, I'll give it to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, implying that he had. He knew he had. He had done people wrong. He said, by false accusation, he said, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, he said, this day, this day, Zacchaeus, salvation is come to thy house. Not just to Zacchaeus, but to his house. The Philippian jailer and all of his house got born again because of two men inside of a prison. He said, for, for so much as he also 
is a son of Abraham. Zacchaeus was a ruthless young man, but he was still a son of Abraham. And he needed to hear from the master, and he did. And guess what? He received it from the master. So much so that he gave him half of what he had. Then he promised to pay back anybody that he had done wrong. Fourfold. Church, to me, that sounds like Psalm 42.7 that says, Deep is calling unto deep. Deep is calling to us unto a deeper level. We're going up to higher heights. We're going into new levels. And once we get up to that level, then the Lord will open up another another door and another portal to go into other levels. And we just keep going and keep going until we either go by the natural grave or we go by the rapture of the church. But Jesus is coming. Each one of these, Jesus was saying to them, come and dine. Come and dine. So the depth the depth of my hunger is going to determine the magnitude of my revelation. Praise God. Father, thank you for the word. You've sent your word to us to heal us and to deliver us from every form of darkness. Everything that the enemy has been up to, we refuse, we reject. We absolutely refuse to operate and walk in it. We're going to walk in the newness of life that you've called us to. Lord, I speak that healing is in this room. Deliverance is in this room. The love of God is in this room. The peace that passes all understanding is in this room. Lord, everything that we have need of is in this room. Holy Spirit, move up and down these aisles. To the need that seems to be the least, to the greatest, Lord, touch them now. Right now. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Of your own heart, if there is a need in your life right now that you know of, if you have a sickness, you have a need, something else in your life, I want you to hunger enough to go and get it right now. You go get it. It's not that we couldn't call you down, lay hands on you. But this was meant for you tonight to have a desire and develop a hunger in you just as it was Sunday. Something to be churning on the inside of us that says there's more. I want more. I want all that you've got. I want a healing. Tell him what it is. I want deliverance. Tell him what it is. Come and dine. The master is calling. 
Father, I thank you as people are lifting their hearts and their hands to heaven. I thank you, Lord, that you are manifesting in their life. You said when we pray to believe that we receive it and we shall have it. We believe. Therefore, we receive. Jesus has accomplished it all. I thank you for my health. I thank you for healing. I thank you for deliverance. I thank you that every need has been met. It has been supplied. We receive it right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen, Pastor.